0: This is The World in 10, 10 minutes from the Times of London to take you on a whistle-stop tour of world news. I'm Rebecca Myers.
1: And I'm Toby Gillis. And today we're taking you on a journey from Canada to deep down to the bottom of the world's oceans via Paris and, er, uh, Wales. Exotic. All will be revealed in due course.
0: We start with a warning – the first story we're discussing is based around the topic of suicide, so some listeners might find that distressing. And if this is not something you want to listen to, have a look at the notes for this episode where we have the time to scroll to you for our next story.
1: If you're a regular listener to The World in 10, you'll remember this.
2: What do you think that the chances are that, that it will kill me? I mean, it's a very, very high probability. How many people have you sent it to in the UK? It will be literally in the hundreds. If you don't
1: remember that, do listen back to last Wednesday's podcast or for the fuller story, download the brilliant Poison from our sister podcast, Stories of Our Times, published last Wednesday to Friday.
0: To jog your memory, this was an almost unbelievable find from the Times' social affairs editor, James Beale. While researching another story, he spoke to the father of a young man who died after taking a substance he'd sourced from a Canadian chef.
1: Yeah, when James looked deeper into it, he found that chef, uh, 57-year-old Kenneth Law, And it turned out he was selling this substance worldwide. And today, Rebecca, there are three major updates.
0: Yes, the first is the biggest. Mr Law has been arrested and charged with two counts of aiding suicide in Ontario. Police there say it came after a month-long investigation. And this is a significant development, clearly. But also it was news to James Beale.
2: Obviously, it does appear to be linked to what we've given them, although the arrest is in relation to two deaths in Canada, which is new to us. We were probing deaths in the UK and a couple in the US as well.
0: Now, at the time of recording, we were waiting for Mr Law to appear in court, but do take out a digital subscription at thetimes.co.uk to stay abreast of this story, and this investigation is ongoing.
1: Yeah, it is, and that is borne out actually by the other new details that James Beale has uncovered, just in the few days, frankly, since initially publishing the story and the podcast.
2: We've also learnt that the uh, National Crime Agency in the UK have now received a list from the Canadian authorities of buyers from Law's websites. Uh, And now police forces are conducting, I think what they term as welfare checks on the the buyers. The companies connected to Kenneth Law had sent out 1,200 packages to over 40 countries uh, and they suspected there would be further deaths linked to the sales um, from his website. Um, in the UK we are now uh, can link Kenneth Law to uh, up to eight deaths in the UK, which is double the figure that we reported in the paper last week. Um, that's a result of families, loved ones coming forward um, as a result of seeing our investigation in the paper.
0: And there'll no doubt be more to come on this, and it will be really interesting to see how this case progresses in the UK as well.
1: Yeah, assisting suicide is illegal here too. But Mr Law, who denies all charges, has said, I'm not assisting anything, I'm selling a product.
0: to a story involving NATO's intriguingly named Critical Undersea Infrastructure Coordination Cell.
1: <laughs> Catchy. <laughs>
0: yes, maybe not. But this is a unit set up in February with the mission to build a detailed intelligence picture of all the NATO countries' undersea infrastructure, including vital oil, gas pipelines, communication cables... And to find out what Snooping Russia is planning for them.
1: Yeah, we have a potentially worthy recruit, don't we, Rebecca, to that unit in our building today. We do. It's the Sunday Times data editor, Tom Calver, who worked on some... They're incredible, these maps of the undersea infrastructure for the world, really, for a piece last year, after Russia was first accused of trying to sabotage Britain's gas pipeline to Norway, Nord Stream. And he told us he was surprised to find out just how vulnerable the undersea networks actually are. Last year, there was a massive volcano that erupted uh, near the island of Tonga. Most of its communications ran through this 500-mile undersea cable that connected Tonga with um, Fiji and therefore the rest of the world. But when this volcano erupted, the resulting tsunami basically snapped this cable. And as a result, more than 100,000 people basically lost their telephone and internet connection. Tonga effectively lost contact with the entire world. Episodes like that really expose just how vulnerable this undersea network actually is. Now, Tom's piece is a great explainer of undersea infrastructure, which can offer far more than we possibly could in 10 minutes. Go and dig it out on The Times website.
0: And this is a moving story. Today we have reports that show Russian vessel movements around Nord Stream shortly before the explosion.
1: Yeah, and our reporters in Brussels and Berlin have some fascinating insight on this. Um, including from one expert who says this unit may be too late. The quote, Rebecca, is really scary.
0: It is a bit. I mean, listen to this. Frankly, it says, we don't know what the Russians have been doing. We don't know whether the Russian research ships have already compromised cables or pipelines by placing explosives, for instance. That's a real possibility.
1: Speaking of explosives, here's one of those explosive moments that need mentioning that from time to time come about at a moment incredibly inconvenient to a daily news podcast, just as you're recording, which is why this bit sounds a little like an afterthought and why Rebecca's not here to join me. But it is important enough to break with the usual flow of the pod, because this afternoon Russia accused Ukraine of an assassination attempt on Vladimir Putin. If you head to the Times website, you can see the moment it's alleged to have happened, and this is an unverified Russian video, so make of that what you will. Uh, It shows an explosion above the Kremlin Palace in Moscow, which Russia says was their air defences bringing down Ukrainian drones in what they call a planned terrorist act. It added it could launch unspecified retaliation against Ukraine, and inevitably that has raised fears of an escalation in the war in Eastern Europe. Unless you've lived under a rock, you'll know about the end of 15 years of misfortune of the little Welsh football team Wrexham.
0: Yes, indeed. The Hollywood end for the Hollywood-owned club. Just two and a half years since Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney bought them, the men's team won promotion back into the professional leagues, while the women's side have also been promoted this season as well.
1: Yeah, now the partying begins, of course. Maybe 100,000 people turned out in the town to watch three buses parade through with the acting superstars aboard, of course, to celebrate both sides' success.
0: Yeah, it was a party not to be missed. I actually wish I had been there Mm. Um, and it wasn't only locals who were there
1: the two big names came in they bought us Um, this is what they've done absolutely amazing it's surreal to be honest.
2: Unbelievable. You waited for so long to get out of this league.
0: Hearing this story at the very beginning, watched it on the streaming services, and just fell in love with it. Just love Ryan Reynolds and Rob, and just went from there. Followed her all the way through.
1: Maybe a few beers sunk in that crowd there. But, Rebecca, interestingly, I heard the players were quite careful with their alcohol consumption for the bus parade. Why?
0: Well, they are off to Vegas tomorrow. Yes,
1: they are. (laughs) Pretty sure neither Reynolds nor McElhenney were in the hangover. uh, But they may be the reason for a real-life version after that, I reckon.
0: If you've ever been to Paris in the summer, you'll be familiar with the sights of people dangling their legs over the side of the banks of the Seine, swigging bottles of wine, enjoying the view. But they don't normally dip their legs in. And I lived there. If you look down at the river, you would understand why people didn't do that.
1: Just at the start there, I was hoping for lovely Parisian music. I think you painted a perfect picture, Rebecca. But I think you will start seeing it because not only can you dip your toes in, you're actually going to be able to swim. That's because of a 1.4 billion euro effort to get rid of the bacteria and pollution in the river. And this is all before the Olympics next summer. They want to actually host some of the events in the Seine, including the triathlon.
0: In two years' time, the first beaches are going to open and that will be the first time people have been allowed to swim in the Seine, members of the public, for 100 years. So, Toby, are you up for
1: it? (laughs) Paris ain't ready for me spluttering my way up the Seine, I'm telling you, Rebecca. (laughs) I think I'll stick with podcasting, frankly. Although that said, I'm going to stop podcasting, at least for today, right now.
0: Good idea. Our 10 minutes are up. And remember to like and subscribe The World in 10 and we will see you tomorrow.